private island Barely wearing any clothes, no time for styling Girls see that I'm the man, they quick to slide in Welcome back to another episode of Private Island. I'm your host, Michelangelo, and you are listening to the first sports podcast where you, the fans, are the guests, the hosts, and the experts. How are we doing today on this beautiful NFL kickoff Thursday night? Just here in a couple hours, it is going to be a doozy with the Dallas Cowboys versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, I just looked at the stat lines going on right now for uh, sports betting, and they got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as a seven-point favorites over the Dallas Cowboys. Just a little quick stat out here. Dak Prescott is a perfect 3-0 whenever he is an underdog of seven points or more. Now, could that mean that they're going to win tonight? Most likely not. It's going to be a huge game that Dak Prescott's going to have to play, especially with his guard out and Zach Martin. But this is going to be a very interesting game seeing how healthy Dak Prescott's ankle really is. And as well as, let's see how improved this defense is under the the new defensive coordinator, Dan Quinn. Let's see if they can pull something together here and maybe give Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers a little scare. Now, and some breaking news that I just got a couple hours ago. It is reported that Gus Edwards might have suffered a season-ending ACL tear. That is now Gus Edwards, J.K. Dobbins, and Justice Hill in just a matter of weeks with season-ending injuries. How many more running backs can the Baltimore Ravens lose? If you are running back on the Baltimore Ravens, Ravens, just leave. Do not be there. I don't know what's going on with the grass out there, the turf out there, the conditions that they got them running in, but all these running backs are getting hurt. They just signed Le'Veon Bell off the practice squad. He is there. It looks like they are also signing Devontae Freeman, uh, the former Atlanta uh, running back. Looks like he will be on the practice squad and then be elevated going into the active roster they are very thin right now at running back. Why don't the Ravens go out and look for a trade? You know, instead of getting these older veteran running backs, why not get someone with a little more fresher legs? I'm thinking of somebody like Marlon Mack out there in Indianapolis. You know, he's not getting as much playing time, but still effective, great runner. The Baltimore Ravens here have also got a fear that cornerback Marcus Peters has suffered ACL tear in the same practice. If he goes down, that defense is a little much, a uh, little weaker in the secondary. Although their front seven is very good, still they can still apply pressure and uh, get the job done. But man, the Ravens are just decimated with injuries after injuries everywhere on that team. They just better hope that this is the end of it. Maybe they got hit early with the injury bug, and later on they stay healthy. Um, also, in another news, kind of just on the brighter side of things. Uh, it looks like the Texans are going to trade uh, Bradley Roby to the Saints in exchange for a 2022 third-round pick and a conditional 2023 pick. The Texans are going to get paid $7 million of Roby's salary this season, and the Saints will pay the remaining $1.8 million. That is something that the Saints need with all the firepower that they have over there in Atlanta as well as Tampa Bay with the trifecta that they got there and, and the wide receivers and tight ends. So, um, good thing right there for Saints uh, shoring up their defense. And speaking of shoring up their defense, how about the Steelers and TJ Watt? They agreed to a four-year contract extension worth $112 million. TJ Watt got paid, my man. All right? This is something that they needed to do because without TJ Watt, that defense is, is mediocre at best. So thank God that they did this. He will be playing Sunday, guaranteed now, after this contract signing. 
Great job for TJ Watt. I'm glad that happened for you, my boy. Now, of course, that we just talked about with the football season kicking off tonight, there have been talks about 17-0. and 0. All right, the Kansas City Chiefs and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have both said that they both want to go for 17-0, and 0, strive for perfection, and they don't think that they will lose the game. But who actually has a chance to do that? Let's just dive into these teams here. Now, Tampa Bay seems like they really have, you know, all 22 starters coming back on the uh, all 11 starters on defense and offense coming back. They're poised to make another run at a Super Bowl. I really only see three teams here that can give them some problems. You got the Rams, who they face in week three. That could be a little testy with that defense out there with the Rams and their new offense out there with Matt Stafford. Let's see what he can do. But also the Buffalo Bills, when they come into town, who knows where Josh Allen will be at that time. I think he will play at an MVP level this year. So they have a pretty good chance of losing and beating the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And also, I put a little asterisk right here for the Indianapolis Colts. The Colts have a very good defense. It just all depends if Carson Wentz here will play a good season or not. Now, he only played in 12 games last season, and yet he still led the league in interceptions and fumbles just in 12 games. So let's hope that he can fix those bugs right there, and that could be a, you know, kind of maybe a, a, a sneak uh, game right there for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers where they could possibly lose to that. As for the Chiefs, man, do they got a schedule. I don't know if, you know, everybody knows how good the Chiefs are offensively because defensively they're not as poised as they were when they won the Super Bowl. But, man, they got a couple teams here that they might lose to. Let's start off with the opener against the Cleveland Browns. The Cleveland Browns went out and they got guys. They got bodies. They spent money on everybody. Also, not to mention that OJ, um, Odell Beckham Jr. is coming back. Off of that injury, this offense should be more explosive. That uh, O-line and that running game is top-notch, second to none. Also defensively, with Javion Clowney coming in, as well as the secondary getting shirt up with some veterans, the, the Chiefs might actually start 0-1 here and might shoot down all this perfection of 17-0. If not, they also versus the Ravens. But seeing how the Ravens are having a little difficulty now with the running game, with all the running backs getting hurt, that might be an easier game. But then again, that's better said than done. The Buffalo Bills, once again, I expect them to be a very good team this year. So whoever they play against is going to be a tough matchup. They also versed the Chargers twice this year. Because remember, they're in the division with the Chargers. The Chargers are going to be a sneaky good team this year. I expect Derwin James to sure up that defense uh, much better and actually win them a couple of games just off that. The Tennessee Titans come into town. We know what's going on with Derrick Henry, but also Julio Jones and A.J. Brown out there. As I said, that Chiefs defense isn't as good as it used to be. That could be a very good offensively game right there. But also the Green Bay Packers they face as well with Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams could cause havoc going on there with the Chiefs. But as we all know, the Chiefs have a very good offense. Maybe they just beat all these teams by scoring a whole bunch of points taking shots down the field, letting Tyreek Hill run crazy, uh, streaks right down the field, getting some open uh, in the middle with Travis Kelsey. Who knows what they're going to do. But the Chiefs here have a very rough, what is this, seven games that they could possibly lose compared to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, where I could really only see three tough teams that they're going to face. I think Tampa Bay has a better chance of going 17-0. Now, also, I read up on Austin Eckler. It looks like he will be fine to play Sunday, as he has said, 
But um, it looks like they just kept him out as a precautionary measure of the hamstring. You know, it's a little tight on him. But let's not forget, last year, he only played about 10 games due to a hamstring injury, which is why he missed those other six. So hopefully he'll be doing good. He'll be okay. He says he will play Sunday. So that's good news on the upside, especially you got him on your fantasy like I do. It looks like Austin Eckler will be okay in order to play Sunday. So yesterday we ran over some teams that were playing in the earlier part of the games on Sunday. Let's run to the middle of the pack of these teams now. So first up we got the Seattle Seahawks versus the Indianapolis Colts. Now with the Seahawks here, let's see how that O-line keeps Russell Wilson clean. Now there was the reports going on that he might want to trade. Uh, there's five teams out there that he would love to be traded to or at least play for if you know, because they had very good lines. Supposedly he didn't let that out. He never asked for a trade. He wants to stay with Seattle. Let's see if this line can keep him healthy then. Keep him upright because if not, we could be hearing these rumors again circulate at the end of the season. Also, let's see how DK looks in year three. He had a major jump from his rookie year to his sophomore year. I think he's going to continue doing great. Also with Tyre Lockett there on the side, keeps a little bit of uh, a, a little bit uh, truth right there. They can't really double team DK too much. But also Chris Carson with the running game. Let the line do what they have to do. Show out that they can protect Russell Wilson. Also, this defense is not really what we're used to seeing in in Seattle. We know they were horrible last year. Uh, not really what the what we're used to seeing. But Jamal Adams there, hopefully in his second year there, he just got paid. Shows out and commands that defense a little bit more. That front four is still scary. They still got big bodies there, but the secondary is a very, very big weakness there. And especially with the division that the Seattle Seahawks are in, they're going to need to play hard over here uh, against Indianapolis Colts. The only good thing is that the Indianapolis Colts offense isn't as scary as the defense. Because for the defense, the Indianapolis Colts are top five, no doubt. Now, Will once be mobile enough with that foot injury that he had. He had surgery on it six weeks ago. He's back out. Quentin Nelson still recovering, still coming back from that foot, same foot injury. He has not been cleared to play yet. But maybe they can use the run here to help Carson Wentz out a little bit. Uh, limit the turnovers. Like we, like I just said, he played 12 games last season and yet still led the, uh, led the NFL in interceptions and fumbles in just 12 games. So maybe they lean on the run a little bit there. With Jonathan Taylor, a very good running back. But also, who will be the number one wide receiver? With, with T.Y. Hilton being out for the very beginning of the season, uh, he just got surgery on his neck. Uh, it looks like they're going to need to have to rely on Pittman uh, to be the number one wide receiver. Or even focus with the tight ends out there. Uh, he's going to have a, a little bit of trouble here in the very beginning, especially finding a rhythm with the teams because he hasn't practiced much. He's been out with the foot injury, so he hasn't got any, you know, reliable time with his wide receivers this is going to be a very good game here as well uh, with the Seattle Seahawks a very good playoff team as well as the Indianapolis Colts another playoff team but both of these teams could either win or lose this game just depending on the way that the quarterback plays or how the defense plays for the Seattle Seahawks they both might even be out of the playoffs if they do not perform well not in just this game but throughout the season but I expect Seattle to win this game maybe by just three points against this Indy because, like I said, that defense is very din uh, that defense is very stingy. But I see it, it could very well be a 21-24 game. Seattle wins this one. Next up, we also got the Minnesota Vikings versus the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, for Minnesota, will there be a sophomore slump for Jefferson? He was a great rookie last year, well over a thousand yards. 
a whole bunch of TDs, can he continue the hot streak that he had? Or will Allen Thielen come back and take over that number one wide receiver spot? Good thing for them, they got 1A and 1B. So they are oh, very, very good right there with the wide receivers. But how about Dalvin Cook? Could we see another 2,000-yard rusher in back-to-back -back seasons? Last year was Derrick Henry. This year we got Cook maybe, especially with that extra game there. They lean very heavy on the run because Kirk Cousins does not play very smart. He is very inaccurate with his passes as well as down the field. He throws a lot of interceptions. What they need to do here is just rely on the run with Dalvin Cook. Whenever they see their shots, take their chances with the play action, but also the uh, the defensive front for the uh, Minnesota Vikings are still getting into into the interior of these offensive lines. And with Harrison out there in the secondary at safety, they can still be poised here to be a decent uh, defensive team. Not great as they're used to with Mike Zimmerman, but they can still be decent. But the Cincinnati Bagels here, how will Joe Burrow do after that ACL tear that he had last year playing against Washington? He's coming back. Didn't play any preseason. Well, I mean, can you count you know those three snaps as preseason play? Let's also see how Joe Mixon does. He needs to be healthy this year in order to help Joe Burrow out with the run game. That is the best way you can help a quarterback, especially Joe Burrow coming off an injury. They can lean on that run there. But also, let's see if Jamar Chase will be the number one wide receiver for Joe Burrow since he was when they played at LSU. But also, let's not forget that they got T. Higgins there who did great last year. But maybe Chase and Higgins here can be top 10 wide receivers, especially as a duo. They can overlap a hundred, uh, sorry, a thousand yards receiving for both of them. Just as long as that line protects Joe Burrow. But they didn't do much to you know upgrade the line. The defense is horrendous for the Cincinnati Bengals. I see the Minnesota Vikings just running all over them and seeing them winning 17-3 to easily. And then how do we get stuck with this snorefest of a game right here with the Jacksonville Jaguars versus the Houston Texans? Now, of course, everyone's going to have their eyes on the, the Jacksonville Jaguars out there with the number one pick, Trevor Lawrence. Now, can Lawrence lead them to a 1-0 start? <laughs> as many wins as they had last year, I think so. Very easy for him. But what they need to do is also lean on the run as well with Robinson. He had a great year last year. Let him continue that dominance. The offensive line is the middle of the pack, so you don't want to risk Trevor Lawrence out there too many times. But also, he needs to find a number one wide receiver, whether it be Marvin Jones Jr. out there, who I think should be his premier number one, or DJ Shark. He needs to find somebody reliable to go out there. Also, they need a, another tight end as well out there. They cut Tim Tebow. They got their other guy out there. Chris Manhurts, but he is not uh, not really very shifty. He doesn't separate from the ball very well. But if they just lean on the run here, their defense can do just enough to keep the Houston Texans on the sideline because with no Watson out there, they got Tyrod Taylor at quarterback, and really their only speedster or weapon at all is Brandon Cooks. They can easily take that away with uh, C.J. Henderson playing uh, opposite side of Brandon Cooks, maybe following him around and shutting him down. But also, who's the starting running back for the Houston Texans? Is it going to be Mark Ingram, David Johnson, Philip Lindsley, or Rex Burkhead? They have not found out who's going to be their starting running back. I would probably go with Mark Ingram just because of uh, what a great season he had a couple years ago. Other than that, Philip Lindsay is a very good second option. But man, they are stacked at running back. 
but nothing at wide receiver. I mean, Anthony Miller maybe can be a, a opposite sides of Brandon Cooks, but with Tyrod Taylor out there, maybe he uses his legs. The defense is horrendous out there in Houston. They got rid of J.J. Watt. There's a reason why Deshaun Watson wanted to leave, but will Houston be the first team to go 0-17 winless? I think so. Let's see what happens. Let's see how long it takes for them to throw in David Mills. Maybe around, you know, week 6, week 7. If they're 0-6, 0-7, they take Tyrod Taylor out, throw in David Mills, who I think is going to be the new franchise quarterback out there. If he's as good as advertised out of Stanford, let's see what happens out there. But I take the Jaguars beating Houston. Another easy game, 21-3 Jacksonville. Now in a very sneaky good game here is the Arizona Cardinals versus the Tennessee Titans. Now we know with Arizona, they ramped up that defense. They might have got rid of Patrick Peterson, but man, they picked up J.J. Wall right there. They also have secured A.J. Green on the offensive side, helping out with um, DeAndre Hopkins. Looks like Larry Fitzgerald is, I don't want to say retired, but he's not playing this year, so he's got to be on the retirement side. But can the new front seven set up anything and stop Derrick Henry? This defense needs to come up and stop the run first and foremost. But as well as, don't forget, on the outside, they got Julio Jones and A.J. Brown to worry about. But I think the Arizona Cardinals defense is just going to have to stop Derrick Henry and hope one-on-one -on -one outside matchups that they can win, especially if they throw any 50-50 jump balls. But the Cardinals need to do a better scheme plan in order to get Murray and DeAndre Hopkins in a rhythm. Maybe they connect for the most touchdowns, uh, connections in the league. If they can do something like that, I think the Arizona Cardinals here have a chance to have a very good year, a playoff contention year, but as well as to beat the Tennessee Titans is going to be rough, especially the Tennessee Titans defense. The defense here has ramped up. They got Bud Dupree. They have also Janoris Jenkins out there in the secondary looking to shut down all the receivers that are coming down their way. But really, all the Titans have to do is focus on their offense, either with Derrick Henry Poised for maybe another 2,000-yard year. Can he be the first running back with back-to-back 2,000 -back yards? I think so, especially with this extra game coming in. But they won't be able. They won't have to lean on the run as much with Julio Jones there now uh, accompanying AJ Brown. Maybe we got two 1,000-yard receivers and also a 2,000-yard running back. That'd be the first in NFL history. But this defense literally can hold up long enough for them to outscore everybody else. Just get a two-touchdown lead or even just a two-score lead. And I think the Tennessee Titans can have a very good year as well. All they got to do is stop Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins, and they will be solid. I take the Tennessee Titans here, winning in the close game, but just by 10. And how about this very interesting game? The first time two quarterbacks who have played for Nick Saban... We got Mac Jones and the Patriots versus Tua and the Miami Dolphins. Now, the Miami Dolphins here are going to be in for a very good game. They have a very strong team. Can Brian Flores do what he did last year, research the team, bring them back from dead where everybody thought that they were just going to tank again, especially with them trading their players away and collecting these first-round picks? But, man, this guy can coach his butt off. Now, will Waddle be a difference maker in this offense? They say he has Tyreek Hill speed, but with a bigger body that he has, I think Jalen Waller will be Tua's number one target, especially because they already have the rapport with each other. But man, can Tua overcome his flaws from last year? Now, last year he was inconsistent, but at the same time, they kept taking him out, weren't trusting him, kept switching him out with Ryan Fitzpatrick, 
If they can just commit to Tua, let him show them what he's about, let him show his accuracy with his deep ball, I think Jalen Waddle and Tua can make a very big difference here for the Miami Dolphins, who are still in the playoff contentions, as well as looking to take the crown of the AFC East. But over there in New England, we got Mac Jones making his first start. Now, will he struggle as his first start come in, or will he still keep that same poise that he was in practice and preseason? Also, Mac has a very good offensive line, uh, a decent, solid running game, but his tight ends are elite. If he focuses on Henry as well as Johnu Smith and just and just uh, you know not really dink and dunks here, but attacks the middle of the Miami defense because those linebackers aren't as fast or big as these wide uh, as these tight ends are. Because his wide receivers, he has Nelson Aguilar, who I mean, Mister Drops. That's really who he is. Who else is Mac Jones going to throw to? He's a little bit, you know, a stiff, I guess you could say, a little bit of a statue. But if he just moves and climbs the pocket a little bit, I think he could find Aguilar down the field much more than we think. Also, on the defensive side, they had a whole, I think it was, I believe it was four missing players last year who weren't playing. And yet this team still went 8-8. Eight and eight. And that was with the inconsistent Cam Newton. So I think the defense here will make a big difference, especially with Matt Patricia coming back over from the Lions as a defensive coordinator. The the New England Patriots here have a lot of talk about teams uh, or about people saying that they're going to go, you know, into the playoffs, maybe win the AFC East. Also, Super Bowl contention that they're thinking of. I don't know about all that, but I think Mac Jones could be the real deal here. He just needs a couple more weapons, especially on the outside. But man, his two tight ends can do damage for them. I see New England barely edging out Miami here just by three points and still taking a command lead. I see them finishing second in the AFC East. So that's it for our second group of matches. As I said, I got Seattle beating Indianapolis, Miami defeating Cincinnati, Jacksonville over Houston, the Tennessee Titans take down the Arizona Cardinals, and the Patriots beat out Tua and Miami Dolphins. Now, before the season really starts tonight, Let's go over the playoff teams and what's going to be happening. So we're going to have one more wild card team coming in with just a one first round bye. So if you're the first seed, you get a first round bye. Other than that, everybody else is playing in the wild card. So for the AFC, I got the Kansas City Chiefs, the Cleveland Browns, Buffalo Bills, and Tennessee Titans winning their divisions and taking over. Now for the wild card spots, I got the Los Angeles Chargers, the Baltimore Ravens, and the Indianapolis Colts. Now, considering what just happened again with the Baltimore Ravens, and we don't know what's really going to happen with Carson Wentz and the Colts, I got two asterisks with Miami and New England who could take over those spots if these two teams don't get the consistency from the running backs in Baltimore and also the quarterback play in Carson Wentz in Indianapolis. Now, over in the NFC, I got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Green Bay Packers, the New York Giants, and the Los Angeles Rams winning their divisions. Uh, and the wild card spots, I got Seattle Seahawks, San Francisco 49ers, and the Dallas Cowboys edging out there in the wild card spots. Now, of course, with the NFC West out there with Seattle, San Francisco, um, Arizona, and the Rams, all four teams could be very good playoff contention players, as well as Three teams who can take them to the Super Bowl in the Rams, Seattle, and the 49ers. But on the outside looking in, if the 49ers aren't as healthy or as good as we think they're going to be, 
or if the Dallas Cowboys end up being the Dallas Cowboys and being mediocre going 8-8, eight and eight, I can see the Washington football team or the Arizona Cardinals sneaking in and taking those playoff contention spots. As always, you guys, thank you so much for listening. If there's any questions, comments that you guys want to make out, please hit us up on Instagram or Twitter at Private Island PC. And uh, hopefully, you know, uh, maybe tomorrow, probably Monday, I'll get another guest in here. We'll talk about what's going on with the NFL. And as always, Mikey's out.